श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय जैसे श्री भक्ति विधांत शामी प्रभुपाद की जाय पूर्ण प्रेमानंद so today we are gathered for the twofold occasion of the auspicious day of the appearance of Pujapadesi Bhakti Bhadanta Sami Prabhupad and the disciples honor this day as the Vyasa Puja as all disciples of their gurus honor the day of their guru's appearance by honoring Shivyas, the legendary author of the scriptures, editor, not author, they're unauthored, but compiler, I should say, the very word Vyas means compiler, of the sacred uh, text, the knowledge. Guru is, means heavy, so it doesn't mean that he's obese, but heavy with, <laughs> heavy with knowledge. To, uh, can it be, uh, Swayed and can therefore help to ground the students also in the proper understanding of what's what, so that we can interrelate with things for what they really are rather than what they are perceived to be by the senses. So, the honor of Vyas and then those following in his succession who, like him, represent, uh, support what they say from what he has compiled there, the eternal. Veda and supportive literatures. So this day we are honoring and in relation to Srila Prabhupada and also this is the day known as Nandutsava, so the festival of Nanda Maharaj, which was of course in relation to the appearance of Lord Krishna, which took place so uh, about eleven hours ago at midnight under the auspicious constellation of Rohini that foretells much of what the disposition of the child of Nanda would be like in the wee hours of the morning under the care of the midwives and uh, other attendant uh, ladies. Krishna took birth and Nanda Maharaj, of course, was informed about it in the morning. He was in the cowshed at the time along with some of the other elders and an older nurse came bearing an auspicious arrangement of fruits and flowers. They were arranged in such a way as to say that a son has been born to you. How rich was this uh, ancient culture? spiritual culture, sometimes we call it Vedic culture, how rich, just by arranging the fruit basket in a particular way, without saying a word, it could be understood that she came to convey the message, a son has been born. And of course, beyond bearing the fruits which would be given to Nanda Maharaj, she was going to say it as well, but she came hastily there to meet the king of the cowherds, but then her last few steps she slowed down as she could see his ecstasy, reading the signs, speechless himself, his hair is standing on end. Some of the other elders said, Out with it! You have a message for the king? 
Yes, the king has had a son. Then immediately he said, he looked, he just glanced, and they were, as I said, in the cowshed. He glanced, and it was understood by his assistants. All the cows present here, not excluding even one, would be immediately delivered to her husband, as in charity, to this lady simply bearing the, the message. We talked about this a little bit last night, earlier in the evening, the value of the giver in relation to the gift. And other various things he donated as well, of course. And then he proceeded to the house, which was wonderfully decorated, but as he appeared, it was as if the moon had entered the sky, brilliant and full of light of so many stars. Nanda Maharaj came in to see his son. Rahini came forward. The child was wrapped in a yellow silken cloth, brought to him with some negotiation from the young girls. We will only let you see him if you give us some, some jewelry. That's very sportively they, they interacted, and the son was then finally placed in the hands of, of Nanda Maharaj. So a big festival was, of course, arranged, kettle drums beating throughout the town. Everyone was invited. The news was just going everywhere. And this is called Nandotsuf. So... Uh, a twofold purpose, as I say, we are gathered today. Hmm. Aside from the Janamastami, which is celebrated yesterday and up, up to midnight, this is called Nandotsav Festival. Festival of Nanda Maharaj, in celebration of the appearance of Lord Krishna. And we are also gathered for the commemoration, celebration of the appearance day of Shilesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who we, of course... <laughs> like to think, and for a good reason, that he appeared on a very appropriate and auspicious day. The day after John must be the day of the festival of Nanda Maharaj. So, I wanted to speak, uh, during the kirtan, I got the inspiration a little bit from a prayer that was written, in glorification of Srila Prabhupada. I, I do believe it's in this book, but it may not be, and we may be in trouble from... Yes... This is a song entitled Srila Prabhupada Lila Smarna Mangala Stotram. And it has been published in a small book of songs by Sri Nasinga Chaitanya Mata under the guidance of Bhakti Gaurava Narasinga Mart, a dear godbrother of mine. Here it is mentioned in the in a booklet that uh, this song was written by the disciples of Srila Asi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. So the Maharaj has taken a humble position here. Actually, the, he more or less compiled this song. He had an idea. He came to me many, many years ago, and he had an idea to write a song in which it would be demonstrated that Prabhupada was, in his devotion, very much tied to the service of Sri Radhika, the dear most of Sri Krishna. So I told him I liked that idea very much. And then he gave me some ideas of the point, different points that came to his mind and came in his heart in which Prabhupada in his manifest Leela could be seen to be connected to the service of Sri Radha. So I talked about it with him at some length and then I tried further to understand his heart and inspiration. And then I, from that I compiled a poem that stated what he was feeling. And then, with the help of another devotee, it was placed, put into, the, into Bengali, 
Bangla language and has the history, anyway, of this nice song. And uh, let us discuss it. Many of you may not be familiar with this. Some of you may be a little familiar. Jayodi Swaparshad Swashila Swami Prabhupada Abhai Amrito Paragati Tomat Charano Padma Dulimwar Shaya Sadma Tahi Mama Nitya Paranati All glories to His Divine Grace, Esi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. He is always accompanied by His associate servitors. His internal nature is just like the sweetest nectar and Externally, appears like a fearless, like fearlessness personified. I continue to offer, offer my prostrate obeisances under the dust of his lotus feet, which are all auspicious shelter and goal of my life. So this uh, first verse is nice uh, in many respects. One of which is that here, of course, now this is then after it was the poem was written in English, then it was put in the Bengali, and then the Bengali was translated into a into a prose type of rendering. So that's what we're reading. And nice in that uh, here in the very beginning he has offered his obeisances to Srila Prabhupada and described him as being always accompanied by his associate servitors. So... First, we learn here a nice point of, uh, with regard to Guru Tattva that the Guru Dev is not alone. Prabhupada used to say, Krishna is not alone. This is a very big, important theological point. Krishna is not alone. As we described yesterday, there's really no meaning to Krishna without Radha, Krishna without his devotees. Therefore, we find sometimes, for example, pseudo devotees who may be popular in some circles uh, amongst common people and so forth, who've written songs about Krishna and sung them with tears pouring from their eyes and so forth. But in those songs we find mention of Krishna and the desire for a relationship with Krishna and so forth on the part of the singer. But often, uh, or in such instances, we find no mention of the associates of Krishna, no mention of uh, Radha, or uh, Lalita, Nanda, Jashoda, Krishna's friends, Sridham, Sudam, Subal, Stoka Krishna, and so forth. Krishna is inseparable from these uh, devotees. And if we really come close to Brajandananda and Krishna, all these things will come into focus. This, we find in a beautiful prayer of Raghunath Das Goswami, what does he say, Chittahari? Raghunathas is offering his obeisances to his Gurudev. And he says, Oh, he has given me the highest conception of the name that uh, was broadcast by the son of Sachi. Nam Shrestam. Not an ordinary conception of the name, but by chanting, for example, one will get Mukti, Taraka Brahmanam, but Paraka Brahmanam. By this chanting we will get Prem. And the kind of prayer that has the power to completely subjugate Krishna. Samartarati, this is called. This is what Radharani is much possessed of. So, Nam Shrestam Api Sachiputram. He's given me the highest conception of the name, the son of Sachi, 
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who has broadcast this highest conception of the name. Nama Shrestam Bhapi Sachiputramatra Swarupam. He brought me in touch with Swarup, Swarup Damodar, who is the confidential secretary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and who artfully guided him in Antilila to realize the purpose of his advent to taste the Bhav of Radha as Lalita and in the case of Surup of uh, Ramananda Roy, Vishaka Gopi, they're so capable of doing, being absorbed in that same Bhava themselves. Atta Surupam what Rupam Rupam Tasyagrajatam and he brought me in touch with Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami. So the, the practice of bhakti and and um, the uh, Abhideya Tattva, Rupa Goswami, Sambandha Tattva, Sanatana Goswami. He showed me how, in other words, to navigate between Vaidhi and Raga appropriately, to come onto the platform of Raga in appropriate and natural way. And he brought me in touch with Mathura Mandal, Mathura Puri, and uh, uh, Radhakund, Shamakund, Govardhan, all these things. I once, uh, Shiddharmarsh gave a nice explanation of this verse, very beautiful explanation. And then he said, when we have come in touch with all of these things, then we can say we've understood the mission, the heart of our Gurudev. So, he's not alone. Gurudev is not alone. Krishna is not alone. If we come in touch with Krishna, we'll be coming in touch with the Swarup Shakti and all these wonderful manifestations of Swarup Shakti. It's his eternal retinue, his dam, all the such sacred things as Jamuna, Giri Govardhan, and so forth. So, as Krishna is not alone, Gurudev is not alone. He has his, as is mentioned here, associate servitors. So, we call this also Guru Varga. So we should have respect for the Guru's associates. They may be his god-brothers, god-sisters, and they may also be his disciples. Some disciples may be his associates, even from a previous life. So in a very appropriate way, he's begun his glorification of his Gurudev, Bhakti Gauravana Maharaj, here, Srila Prabhupada, by mentioning him in relation to his... Uh, all that he's about, if you will. Rather than, in, sometimes we find that, that in the name of glorification of Prabhupada in particular, or anyone's guru, we find sometimes he's isolated from, from his environment. This is very much a Konishta Adhikari type of mentality. It lends to fanaticism, and it, it also it may lend to aparad. Uh, a person, a, a thing, will be appropriately and comprehensively evaluated when we take into consideration all that that person or thing is associated with. If we isolate it from what is something may be associated with, we won't get a full picture. I've given an example before, it's worth repeating, that Israel, for example, is in the Mideast, and it's surrounded by hostile, if you will, Arab states. And it's a small country. Some countries are they are quite a bit bigger and more populous, more populated. And so it looks to be in danger. But if we draw back and see that it is, as politics would have it, 
supported by the United States, which is the most powerful industrial military complex, then we can understand that his, his position is very strong. and It, it doesn't really have um, as much to worry about as one might think at first glance. So this is just to give an example that if we analyze it in terms of all that it's associated with, its backing and, and so forth, we can get the full picture. So similarly, this is the case with our Gurudev. So to take him out of context, this will be uh, to not uh, to uh, lend to giving us less than a full picture. And to illustrate this point further, once I gave a talk at the Balaram Mandir. This was in days after the Prophet left. By chance, one year, uh, some of us were, uh, were invited to come and speak. And in the course of my talk, I made a point that, that one of my godbrothers told me, because as you know, I have, um, by Prabhupada's influence and inspiration, I came to take shelter of Shidamarsh after his, Prabhupada's departure. Prabhupada said, in my absence, for philosophy, see my godbrother B.R. Shidamarsh of Navadvip. So this wasn't so much understood or appreciated by some of my, my godbrothers. And one of them told me, he said that, Prabhupada gave us everything. We don't need anyone else. Hmm. And I said to him, and I mentioned this in the talk that I gave that day, I said, my thinking is a little different. Prabhupada gave us everything. He gave us everyone else. Anyone who's worth talking to or hearing from, he gave us. And there's a lot of them. We don't need anyone else. We don't need Bhakti Siddhanta. We don't need Bhakti Vinod. We don't need the Guru Parampara. Uh, Mangal Maharaj, disciple of Madhav Maharaj, once wrote an article many, many years ago that was to the effect that worshipping, honoring the Guru Parampara is honoring the Guru. It's usually thought the other way around. By honoring the Guru, the Guru Parampara will be honored. But he did it in a backwards way, just to kind of make this this kind of point. This was many, many years ago. I never read it, but he told me about it. Bengali article in one of their Moth's publications. So, yes, uh, he, we, he gave us every, everyone else. And there are other, other people worthy of hearing from and associating with. So, here, again, the Shingamarsh is appropriately honored Prabhupada by making this point here in the poem. He is always accompanied by his associate servitors. Then he says his internal nature is like the sweetest nectar, and externally he appears like fearlessness personified. So this is, uh, reminds me of something that Sridhar Marsh once said about Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He said well, he was once speaking and he was becoming very, very animated and he began to bang his fist on the, on the table and speak, speaking strongly. At that time his face became flushed and some of the students thought, oh, Gurudev becoming a little angry, not good. <laughs> Gurudev, don't become angry. But Chidamar said, I had a different thing, thought. When I saw his face became flushed, I thought, oh, now I have seen the meaning of lotus face. <laughs> hmm? So the idea being, of course, that inwardly it was soft, as Prabhupada used to like to say, like a rose. But that kind of real softness inside, that has real care for all jivas, is filled with jivadaya, 
kindness for all living beings. The full manifestation of that comes in the form of wanting to give them the highest, best possible thing. And that, of course, is the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And not being able to tolerate their getting anything short of that. That would make him virudha. Virudhapasiddhanta dvanta harine. He was described like this. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He would become outraged at the thought that they would get something something less than that. What well, to speak of something counterfeit in the name of Sri Rupa. So, while he had an outward kind of... Um, disdain for worldliness that might be taken by the uninformed as unbecoming and maybe a little heavy or even fanatical or something like that. The basis of that was so kind and so accommodating and so soft. And Prabhupada, of course, was very much like that too. Bhaktisiddhanta was sometimes called the lion guru and Prabhupada was not a towering figure like Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur in, in stature, high, tall, and and so forth. This Bhaktisiddhanta was, I mean, he was, he was about five foot four, very short in stature. But he would keep his head up when he walked, and then he, he was just looking as, so, as far, as high as, you, as one could imagine, would his, his gaze would go. And from there, with both feet here, in a sense, of being fully here for, for preaching and and tendering to the conditioned souls and coming down to their level. This is an extraordinary thing because it's one thing to dwell in a high place and be preoccupied there, but another thing to, in spite of being preoccupied there, to bring oneself down to tender to persons who aren't there on a level that they could actually benefit from. This is very extraordinary. He did this artfully. And so, looking in, in deep, in a, in a highway, and if he looked at you very deeply, very very penetrating, as if he could see all, you, all of your potential to be, how high you could fly in the, in the spiritual sky if you could just become unencumbered by present uh, baggage of anarthas and misconceptions and so forth, and follow the, uh, the tune, the sound of uh, Krishna Nam. So, he wasn't of a towering stature, a very small person, but so powerful. And what what features? I mean, you cannot find anybody that looks like that. <laughs> His uh, bodily features, golden complexion and uh, long ears and long arms and short body and such, like I said, with carrying himself in such a, uh, a regal way. Hmm? Perfect feet. Yes, yes. And his mo- movements and all, they were very uh, charming and poetic and uh, like orchestrated, uh, controlled, very controlled, but very um, charming and, uh, and as I say, like poetry in, in motion. I marveled to see how in the very last a uh, few weeks of his manifest presence, he would insist, after taking charnamrita, which is all he was eating, a drop or two of charnamrita, on rinsing his mouth after taking the charnamrita. <laughs> this is how he kept himself a very like brahminical and, and constantly liking to make jokes about 
those uh, proud of their birth in Brahmin families because he wasn't born in a Brahmin family, but he was a perfect Brahmin, perfect yogi, perfectly controlled, and such a heart of love of Krishna that although he was very controlled, it came out in a very poetic and charming way. So very powerful uh, and commanding person and, and very demanding also of us. High expectations, pushing, pushing, pushing outwardly, but um, and fearlessly coming to this country. I, I once a fellow criticized um, Srila Prabhupada for flying in jet airplanes around the world. He said, this is not Raghunuga Bhakti, flying in jet airplanes all over the world. And um, he said, Raghunuga Bhakti, he was said in a holy place and do Madhukari. Madhukari literally, literally means the bee who goes from flower to flower to take some honey, a little bit here, a little bit there. So Vaishnav will go from house to house and beg something, and whatever he gets, that will be his meal for the day. This is called Madhukari. So I said, look, you know, you have your people, they do Madhukari, no, no problem. We have regard for them. But here in Vrindavan, there's a system for Madhukari. It's built in. It's part of the, part of the social structure. You can go here, you can get a free meal. Sadhu can get a free meal here, you can get a free meal there. Uh, you can get your potties in this part of town or that part of town. And, and those who are living apparently like sadhus, they know all these things. One of my godbrothers once told me we were, we were in the Barsana area. And uh, this fellow was accompanying us, godbrother of mine. And he said, uh, well, this is a very good place for Madhukari. Hmm. I said, Marj, you are not doing Madhukari. <laughs> that's how you're thinking. Madhukari is not thinking about, hmm, that's a good place. They give good chapatis over there. They put butter on them. Let's go over there. <laughs> this is the opposite of the mentality, of course, that the Madhukari is supposed to be based on. So I said, at any rate, this other fellow, we criticized Prabhupada, but I said, my Guru Marj, he came to America. He lived in the, on the street in um, the Bowery in New York. And he did his madhukari there. He didn't know where he would. He had no idea where he would get his meal. There was no system, no setup for someone like that to go and and find a meal here or there. And I mean, in those days, this country was not even didn't even have a political policy for homeless people. There were no homeless shelters or <laughs> anything like that. With what fearlessness he came at that age. I mean, we're worried at our age. Where will I sleep tonight? If I go to this place, what will be, what will be my accommodations? Will they be up to par? And, <laughs> and so forth. And no concern for that, where I'll sleep tonight, where I'll get my next meal. Krishna will provide somehow or other. So, fearless on the outside and inside, sweet as nectar. So he prostrates in his obeisances to Prabhupada. Then he says... The blissful service of the lotus feet of Srila Prabhupada is glorified by the topmost saints and devotees. To obtain the unalloyed service of his lotus feet is the only cherishable goal of my life. That eternal desire is always being fulfilled by the nectar of his divine grace, and therefore the beauty of his unlimited transcendental qualities continually charms my heart. Now, my devotees, so this is the introduction, please hear with great care and attention the narration of Srila Prabhupada Lila Smarna Mangala Stotram, the transcendental qualities and pastimes of His Divine Grace, the topmost servant of Srimati Radharani. And now it begins. On the day 
when the grand festival of Nanda Maharaj, that's today, Nandotsava, as I mentioned, and we talked briefly about it, celebrating the birth of Lord Krishna, was being held, Srimati Radharani, accompanied by her Sakis, who were all deeply absorbed in the bliss of Krishna Prem, called for one of her dearmost servants. Srimati Radharani, the absolute queen of Vrindavan, spoke thus, revealing her happy thoughts. You must fulfill one desire of mine. So this is a particular Henry came, something about it came from the Bengali. And I discussed it with Maharaj afterward, and he agreed with me that it should be slightly altered. But here he's saying that in Goloka, on the day of the Nandotsav, not the first day, but the commemoration of that day, Sri Radha and her, all her associates, who were her sakis, absorbed in in uh, Krishna Prem, called for one of her dear most maid servants. He says, "It should be changed to one of Krishna's dear most friends." So we have the two groups there. Those are the friends of Krishna, who are revol- involved in his romantic life, and the maid servants of Radha, who are involved also in Radha and Krishna's romantic life. A very well-known Priyanarmasaka, a type of cowherd boy who's involved in the romantic affairs of uh, Radha and Krishna. Not all the cowherds are, but only this particular sector of cowherds. In fact, their bhav is sometimes called Saki bhav. So it's very much like uh, Gopi bhav. A very famous one named Sarup or Gopukumar is described in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. There it is said that uh, Radharani herself deputed his guru to go and retrieve him. So he's saying, Shrinivas is saying something like this. So this is not an un- unprecedented imaginary idea. It has support from scriptures like Brihad Bhagavatamrita. That Radharani may take uh, one uh, servant, either befriend of Krishna or uh, her own maid servant. In fact, in Brit Bhagavatamrita Kopakumar as as Sarup in his in his in his Siddhadeha says at one point, and then, as he's explaining to his own disciple, I got the order of Radharani, and that was even more sweeter than the order of Krishna himself. I got the chance to carry out her order. So, here. He's saying that Prabhupada is a nittasiddha and, and, and Radharani personally sent her, sent him here to do the bidding of, uh, of Krishna consciousness. Um, we find Prabhupada in his own prayer aboard the Jaladuta negotiating with Krishna based on the knowledge that if Radharani is pleased with you, that will be good for you, he tells Krishna. And my Gurudev, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsati Thakur, is a representative of Radharani's camp. He's given me an order, and if you give me the power to fulfill it, Radharani will be pleased, and that'll be good for you, Krishna. And this is the kind of negotiation Prabhupada entered into with Krishna in his prayer. Very good and wonderful, charming spiritual logic. And this is how Priyanama will speak to Krishna. This I give you some advice. They're very, especially like Subal, very good at giving moral advice to Krishna. 
and uh, how to deal with uh, the problems that arise in, in romantic life, which are numerous. <laughs> so I said, look, it's, it's fixed like forever, like the pole star, Druva, that's known by those who know that if Radharani's pleased with you, your life will become auspicious. That's what it's all about. So, this way, give me the power. If you give me the Shakti to do the work of Radharani that I've been asked to do by my Gurudev, which was to, to preach in the West, then that will be good for you. Your life will become auspicious. And, of course, we see that Krishna gave him so much Shakti. Krishna Shakti bine nahi tarpavartan. One cannot be successful in Namsan Kirtan, the distribution of Namsan Kirtan without Krishna Shakti. So Krishna blessed him with a tremendous amount of Shakti. At that point, that Baldev himself, Nityananda Prabhu himself, practically uh, entered into him to do that kind of work. Very extraordinary. And this is the basis of it, this kind of negotiation with Krishna. Very charming. So, this is not a, just an imaginary idea. We find it in Brihad-Bhagavatamrita. Radharani picked one out, go down there and do this. So, Maharaj is saying, Radharani, on the day of the Nanda Motsav, picked, picked you out and said, sent you here to do this kind of work. You must fulfill one desire of mine. Next, on the suspicious day, you must incarnate on the earth, along with my blessings, to spread Krishna consciousness in every town and village. My very dear Sri Kamala, which is the name, Gopi name for Thakur Bhakti Vinod, has already announced your coming. And she has also predicted your devotional service unto my Lord Goranga. So Bhakti Vinod Thakur did predict that uh, something to this effect, oh, that, that people would come all from all over the world in Mayapur from all languages and chant uh, Jai Satchinandan, Jai Satchinandan, and that someone would orchestrate this and so forth. And, and uh, Prabhupada fulfilled that prophecy. So this way he's making a connection. From his very birth on Nandotsava, he said, this has the backing of Radharani. He's fulfilling the desire of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and the prediction of Bhakti Vinod, who, both of whom are maidservants of Radha. Then he says, that unalloyed servant of Krishna, later to be known as A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada, whose heart was filled with the most inconceivable love of Godhead, paying obeisances and offering countless prayers, at the lotus feet of the supremely worshipful goddess of fortune, then appeared on the earth in the renowned Vaishnav family, headed by Gore Mohan. That's the name of Prabhupada's father. Invoking the blessings of the Vaishnav sadhus upon his son, Gore Mohan prayed to all of them with great sincerity. What did Gore Mohan pray? This is a regular prayer of his father. O sadhus, and he used to entertain sadhus of all types who would come to town. Many people in the dress of sadhus. This may be thought to be a defect because some of them weren't very sadhu-like, but better to err on, the, on that side in honor than, than not in some instances. It didn't seem to do him any harm. Although Prabhupada kind of wondered, He's my father... <laughs> Anybody who even, you know, pretends to be a sadhu, he offers respect to. But I don't, but some of them, I, it's hard for me to show respect to them. And, and he became a little, a little bit 
um, well, yeah, a little bit um, tempered in his thinking by by that experience. But so much so that when it was when it was told, when he was told by one fellow, "Oh, you must come and hear from this sadhu." Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, "I've seen so many sadhus, so many babas, so many sadhus, so many swamis." No, he said, "This one is different." And you should note this point, really. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was different. The people who joined him, the devotees that joined him, they had full exposure to the entirety of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that was out there at the time. And many of them were not very uh, taken by Gaudiya Vaishnavism, even though they were born, in some, many of them, in Gaudiya Vaishnav families because of the, the state of the moral decay that was found in uh, in the name of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitaka was very different. He was very morally stout, and he made some emphasis on this kind, these kind of points, which are lower points of the philosophy, but are the kind of points, I don't just mean morality, but sense control and, and, and so forth. Uh, um, he emphasized on these lower kind of points, if you will, but they're the kind of points that if they're put in place, then your life is transformed. Everything else becomes automatic. Meditation becomes automatic. Remembrance of Krishna becomes automatic. Singing the name with a clear, with a pure heart, then if you take a crystal which is clear, no color, and you put a red rose next to it, what color will the crystal become? Become red. If you make your heart like a spotikmani, like a crystal, in relation to Krishnanam, by chanting Krishnanam, for example, then when the name and there's the pure heart and takes on the color. This is a, this is rag. Rag means color also. So it takes on the, that that color. It takes on the color of Krishna, the passion of Krishna, for Braj Bhakti. So the other reverse way is to try to bring this all down with intellectually and so forth, and and, and with not much regard or attention to basic points that need to be put in place. So this is the emphasis of Bhakti Siddhanta. So it encouraged a lot of young men and women like. Hey, this is Gaudiya Vaishnavism that makes sense, that uh, has uh, respectability and and so forth. And Prabhupada was very much like this too, of course, as well. He very much emphasized very basic points. I mentioned last night, earlier in the evening, that, that I had listened to a tape that Babru, my godbrother in Hawaii, had sent me, Prabhupada speaking, and uh, it was on a piece of property that, that had been purchased uh, in Hawaii at the time, and Prabhupada was speaking about living simply in the country and so forth, and emphasizing hearing and chanting. And the points he was making were very, very simple, but it was very powerful. It was apparent to me that, gee, if anybody would just take these points and apply them in their life, they would, their life would be cha- transformed. And Prabhupada would say in the tape things like, and so, uh, all the problems of the world will be solved by this. And you can listen to it with one ear and go, well, that sounds a little naive, Swami, that all the problems are going to be solved. But if you really applied that point, if everyone really did, which he saw no reason why they shouldn't, with this kind of innocence and and purity, and it makes sense, <laughs> doesn't it? You should give up sense gratification. <laughs> then the whole world will be transformed. There will be peace and prosperity everywhere, just like Vrindavan, Krishna living in a village, and we don't need all these cities and everything. And you think, well, that sounds pretty nice. Swami's coming out of a kind of a naive background here. He doesn't really understand the complexities of modern society, and... We really need a much more complex and comprehensive approach to solving the problem. But really, he—he he was his experience. This changes your life. This makes your life perfect. So, 
to emphasize those points was very uh, uh, appropriate. I found it very compelling. I mean, it's nothing new, of course, to hear his tape. You hear those kind of things, but... So he heard those kind of things from Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. It gave him courage. There is many of the other sadhus that his father generously uh, entertained didn't uh, carry that same kind of uh, power and um, uh, didn't represent Gaudiya Vaishnavism with the same type of dignity and, 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 and integrity. But this is what his, his father prayed, anyway, to all the sadhus who came, regardless of their character. He said, O sadhus, O Vaishnavs, please bestow your blessings upon this dear son of mine, who is my life and soul, so that he may become a servant of Srimati Radharani, eternally serving her the supreme wealth of life. Please bless him, so that he can preach and sing her qualities and glories in a most grand way, inundating the whole world. So, a little bit of an addition there, but two things come to mind. Warmahande did regularly do this, asked every sadhu, please bless my son that he become a servant of, of Radharani. And he also had a desire that his son would become a good Murdanga player. And if you take the dynamic conception of Murdanga given by Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur, we come to the, the Brihat Murdanga, the big Murdanga, the big drum in the printing press. And not only did Prabhupada play the Murdanga very nicely, once when I was in Atlanta and Prabhupada had come there for the first time, he had been in South America, Central America previously. And there in Central America, there were only deities of Gornitai that had been established in the temples. I don't want to say only, but as if it's something less, but there were no deities of Radha and Krishna. And well, Prabhupada was going, one, he had never been to the country, and but one of his, some of his disciples had gone there and made so many devotees and opened so many temples, so Prabhupada was going for a short tour. And he had darshan of Gornitai here and there. And he's, seen, he's in another country still from the Western countries, in Europe and America, he's in Latin America, and they're also taking, and they're also chanting. And then they got to Miami. In Miami, they had Gornitai deities. And in Atlanta, they had Gornitai deities. When they got to Atlanta, there was a convergence from around the, the country of so many devotees that, that came there. And um, Prabhupada was very emotional at that time, and he's sitting in a temple and was filled with devotees, and there, Gornitai on the altar, and so he introduced the song of Lochandas. We hadn't sung that song before, and um, as I recall, and so Prabhupada began, and, he, and it was a different beat than we were accustomed to. You see, Prabhupada had many things that he didn't tell everybody. <laughs> he gave some simple beats, get everybody going. He played on a bongo drum or something in the beginning himself, but you know, he was very cultured uh, with regard to music as well. And so he began with the cartels, and nobody could follow him on the Murdanga, so he asked for the Murdanga. So this just, you know, yes, if we were, you know, to see Prabhupada do anything new or different uh, out of the out of the norm, you know, because we would play the drum, and he, for him to take the drum and play it, that just sent everybody, you know, off the map. They were already off the map, so <laughs> Prabhupada started playing, playing the Murdanga, because we never heard anybody play the Murdanga like that for this beat and so forth. And one of my godbrothers sitting next to me, he said, Sanyasi, he went over and said, it's like the gopis' footprints, or like dancing in Rasalila or something, you know, the beat, you know, how he's playing. Uh, I don't know what access he had to those foot beats, but I appreciated this, the sentiment nonetheless. So, 
Prabhupada was very emotional, singing in praise of Gornatinanda on the drum. So point is that he was very expert also in playing the Murdanga, as his father wanted him to be, and in a big way, as Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur wanted it to be played, the Brihat Murdanga. So he actually fulfilled uh, and got the blessing for both of these things, to become a servant of Radharani and to play the Murdanga, which Nishingamars has played out here in the idea of the Brihat Murdanga. Please bless him that he can preach and sing her qualities and glories in the most grand way, inundating the whole world. <laughs> so Then afterwards, so now we have before his birth, he's given an idea, connection with Radharani. Upon his birth in the house of Gormohande, this kind of prayer, that he be connected, become a servant of Radharani. Afterwards, at an auspicious moment arranged by the grace of Radharani, Prabhupada met his Gurudev, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He saw the divine grace of Srimata Radharani in his Gurudev and understood him to be an effulgent ray of Krishna, his divine grace personified. So, from his father's connection with his father, who wanted him to be a servant of Radharani, he got connection with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who was a servant of Radharani. Uh, handmaiden of of Radha. Uh, Prabhupada was born in a family of um, Sakyarasa Bhaktas, a lineage coming from Udaranadatta, one of the twelve Gopals who descended along with Nityananda Prabhu, twelve cowherd friends of, principal friends of of Ram and Krishna near Leela. These Gopals were preaching all over Bengal. They were the original gurus of the Gaudiya Sampradaya, actually, with the blessing of Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu. And um, uh, Prabhupada's family line comes in the line of Udaranadatta Thakur, one of those. They used to go to his place and offer obeisances to the deity of Udaranadatta Thakur and his deities and as a pilgrimage, their family. So... And now connected with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the, the influence of Madhurya Radha's love for Krishna as well. Then he says, That great master, Sri Barshabhanabi Devi, Doita Das, this is the initiated name of Bhakti Siddhanta, which means servant of Radha, who is expert at practicing pure bhakti and who is fearless preacher of the message of Godhead, now conferred upon Srila Prabhupada the name Abhai Charanadavinda, according to his own firm, self-confident character. The meaning of that name is that he is the servitor of the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord, which are the abode of all fearlessness and hopes for the pure devotees. This is a very important name. There's a reason that Prabhupada kept his initials A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, throughout his whole life, even after getting initiated uh, and having his name changed from Abhay Charan to Abhay Charanadavinda. Not much of a change on the part of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He kept those initials throughout. And, and some people uh, even criticized him for it. It's not appropriate to uh, keep the, those. That. that name now is finished. Now you have a sannyas name from Keshav Maharaj. So this should be your name, and this, this is not inappropriate. Some people try to correct him like this, and Prabhupada just said, "Well, thank you for sharing that with me." <laughs> but he always kept that. There's a very esoteric reason for that, which I'm not going to tell you today. In the most intimate place of the Madhurya pastimes, 
namely Sri Radhakund, Srila Prabhupada experienced the full ecstasy of Krishna Prem. Wholeheartedly surrendering to Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur with intense love, Srila Prabhupada received upon his head the most holy order of his Gurudev. If you ever get money, print books. So Maharaj is saying here that it was at Radhakund that Prabhupada got the first installment, of which it was maybe two or three, in the form of instructions from his Gurudev about what service to render, that he dedicated his entire life to. Prabhupada used to say, oh, I'm simply following the orders of my Gurudev. He said, if you ever get money, print books. So all of my success is simply coming from this. So one of the characteristics of Srila Prabhupada is in, in the word Gurunishta. He had such faith in the orders of his Guru that, that he took the suggestions of his Guru, which were this, if you ever get money, print books. It's a suggestion. Hey, if you ever get money, you know, print books. It wasn't like, I order you, get money and print books, or something like that. Later on, in a letter, Bhaktisanta replied to Prabhupada, who had asked for some service, and he said, I think it would be good for you to speak in English. And Prabhupada took these things as, he called them the orders of my guru. They were suggestions. He took them like orders and made them there. He's a very life and soul. And, he's, and, he, and this was his success, he said. Attributed all his success to this. This was character, very much characteristic of, of Prabhupada, who when commenting on uh, Vyavasatmika Bhutiya, one-mindedness, uh, as mentioned in the Gita, the resolute purpose that's required for spiritual progress, he cited Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, Yasya Prashada Bhagavat Prashado, Yasya Prashada Nagati Kutopi. This is the way. So, at Radhakund, this advice was given. So he's saying the very order that Prabhupada made his life and soul, that, that was the basis of all of his movements, it came from the handmaiden of Radha, in the form of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, at Radhakund, the dearmost place of Radha, the most secret place actually, of Krishna's pastimes. The Radhakund pastimes, they have been revealed by the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. This is the secret of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. You won't find this anywhere else. That's another point. It's worth mentioning in passing. Then by singing and preaching with great loving devotion, that sublime message of his Gurudev, which is pure devotional knowledge of the Rup Saraswati Rupanuga stream, Srila Prabhupada has shown to the world that all good fortune manifests from the adherent devotional service under the lotus feet of Sri Guru. In the temple of Sri Jiva Goswami, named Sri Sri Radha Damodar Mundir, and Sri Rupa Samadhi, in his rooms given by his divine masters, Srila Prabhupada performed his bhajan in the loving devotional mood of the Brajbasis. Srila Prabhupada lives eternally in his place of bhajan as the precious gem among the pure devotees, where the loving devotional service of Sri Radha constantly blooms, personifying the beauty of divine ecstatic mellows. So here is another connection that he's making, he said. He took as his place of residence the Radha Damodar temple. And at the Radha Damodar temple, we have the Samadhi of Rupa Goswami, which was just outside of Prabhupada's room. He could see from the window, got inspiration from that. And this is the also the, the place in Vrindavan, Leela, where Krishna reached out and touched the feet of Radha, acknowledging that he was subordinate to her love, which is a huge theological uh, 
and spiritual point. The main emphasis of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So he's saying this is another connection, and we see in his external life and in his sadhaka day a connection with Radharani. And he said, as he did, Vimar uh, says, I live eternally in my rooms at Radhadamadar. He also lives eternally in Ramamriti. Leaving behind the sacred land of Vrindavan and taking a great risk at his old age. In his old age, Srila probably came to the Western world as our ever well-wisher, carrying with him the message of Gaur Prem. Upon arriving, he earnestly prayed to Lord Krishna, addressing him as Bhai, O brother, in an intense, loving way. Now, I've already mentioned this, but here Maharaj has cited it. This is the prayer that Prabhupada wrote on the Jaladutta, one of them, in which he reveals his own sentiments as a cowherd. This is from the first uh, line here, I believe. Yes. This is where he's negotiating with Krishna. Oh, dear brother, my dear friend, my intimate friend, I tell you this in a most definite way. You could achieve some invaluable merits by pleasing Srimati Radharani. You can really attain even more fortune if you can now please her the supreme goddess of all good fortunes. Srimati Radharani herself, in the form of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur, means he being a maidservant of Radha, had the same power of Radha, ordered me to preach her message. Therefore, please, take my word and advice and fulfill her desire. Then only can I attain success and serve my guru. So this is another instance he cites then, Prabhupada's connection in his manifest pastimes with Sri Radha. And this, as I said earlier, was the basis of all his, his entire success that he negotiated with Krishna. Look, do this, Radharani will be pleased. That'll be good for you. And what is that? Give me power to do what, what she wants. How could Krishna review, refuse such a... You know about that? And you're asking, take it, take it. Such power he gave him, we can see. You want power here? Baldev, go and empower him. Put all your power inside of him. The mine of incomparable good fortune is the message of his divine grace. Quote, If someone takes shelter of Krishna Nam and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, son of Mother Sachi, along with her dear associates, Sri Sarup, Bhamadar, Sanatana Goswami, Sri Goswami, they being greatly pleased with such a person, bestow upon him entrance into the embrace of the dear associate servitors of Sri Radha at Govardhan, Vrindavan, and sometimes at Radha Kund, blessing them with the supreme fulfillment of the ultimate goal of life. Completing his missionary activities in the Western world, Prabhupada returned to Vrindavan, accepting the month of Kartik, which is non different from Radharani, bearing the Giri Raj Govardhan in his mind, and embracing the lotus feet of his most worshipable Lord in the core of his heart, Srila Prabhupada made his disappearance from the world and entered the Nitilila eternal loving pastimes of Golok, where Lord Govinda is always effulgently present with his dear most Sumati Radharani. So now he's coming to the disappearance, and he says that Prabhupada left the world in the month of Kartik, which is Radharani's month. And thinking of Giri Govardhan, because Prabhupada was preoccupied with going on Govardhan Parikrama. Just before he passed from the world, he wanted to get on a bullock cart and go around Govardhan, and this was, of course, this is common practice, at, especially at that time of uh, the year in Vrindavan. So 
that would have been absolutely devastating for his health. There was a discussion that was went on at that time. One group of disciples wanted to say, well, the guru wants to go, we should follow his order. The other group says, there's no way we're going to let him go. He may be our guru, but we're not going to do what he says and let him go around to go downhill because then he definitely uh, will, will, will pass away. This was an interesting debate that Prabhupada was orchestrating, really, drawing out different uh, sentiments from his disciples. We aside with those who wouldn't let him go. <laughs> it's a, a different kind of affection than, yes, we'll do whatever Gurudev says. So, he's saying, Prabhupada left the world in the month of Radha. And Govardhan is the place where Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitaka used to say, we will not live at Radhakund in the Nityalila, but at Govardhan. And we would go to Radhakund to serve our gurus sometimes and, and, uh, and return back. So, by showing us his disappearance from the world in the month of Kartik, and by revealing his desire to go to Govardhan Hill, Srila Prabhupada has thus shown us the path which leads to the fulfillment of ultimate aim and object of life, that is, to obtain the supreme shelter in the camp of Radharani's associates, with humble self-surrender, residing always at Sri Govardhan. He's saying what I had said there. When will the day be mine in some distant lifetime, when the beauty of Srila Prabhupada's transcendental life possessed by the qualities of pure love for Radha and Krishna actually become my only wealth, giving me a taste of the highest happiness. When, oh when, will that day be mine? Let us pray to remain the humble and obedient servants of Srila Prabhupada. With a burning heart filled with an intense longing for his association, this poor and lowly insignificant beggar humbly prays for that fortunate day when the life of his servant will be empowered by his divine grace with firm determination, so that I may, with one-pointedness, not caring for anything else, constantly sing with my body and mind the sweet glories of Srila Prabhupada's unlimited transcendental qualities and pastimes. Shri Bhakti Gauravana Sringa Maharaj Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Avirbhava Mahamutsvatiti Ki Jai Shri Vyasa Puja Ki Jai Kaur Pramanandi So, talked and read for quite some time now. Are there any questions? Comments? Would anyone like to say anything? Yes? Would Prabhupada's father's seeming indiscretion and inviting all these sadhus, sadhus did it, do you think it's had some effect on Prabhupada's being able to associate with people in the Bowery? Do you think it had some connection? <laughs> No, I don't know about that. Uh, I think that uh, was a little different. You can either look at Gormohan as lacking discrimination or in a negative way or in a positive way. Kanishtadikari lacks discretion. And Uttamadikari lacks discretion. <laughs> the Madhyamadikari is all about discretion. The Kanishtadikari doesn't know how to, where he should associate, where he shouldn't. And... Um, the Madhyamadikari discriminates. This will be good for my advancement. This association will not, and, and so forth. And he knows the philosophy, in other words. Uh, she knows the philosophy. So that requires invoking intelligence, and that's the function of discrimination. So Madhyamadikari is characterized by making appropriate discriminations. Kanishtik Adhikari is characterized as not having really comprehensive knowledge of the scripture and can't make proper discrimination, and so forth. And his or her involvement is largely sentimental, so it doesn't know how to discriminate. And 
Well, I let's say everybody's a devotee. You know, I like everybody. Let's not quarrel. You know, there shouldn't be any. You know, even in Madhumadikari saying we shall not associate in this court. Oh, but you know, Maharaj, they're all devotee. This kind of thing. So. On the one end of the spectrum, the Kanishtadikari lacks discretion. In the middle, as I say, the Madhimadikari is characterized by appropriate discretion, which is said to be the better part of valor. So there's a place for discrimination. And then the Uttamadikari is characterized by lacking any discrimination. He just sees the best in everyone and everything, and he won't discriminate where to take food from. He'll think, oh, Krishna's bringing me something. I take it. He's seeing the whole world through the lens of his Baba that Krishna's behind everything. Like Gorkashodas Babaji Maharaj in the marketplace, some kids were throwing stones at him. He just looked like a madman, like a bag, you know, guy. You know, you see those guys in the city whirling a bag man? Yeah, bag lady, but he was a man. Like that, looked like a you know, like a mad person. They were throwing stones at him. And what did he say to them? You better stop that or I'm gonna report you to Mother Yashoda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He thought they were all cowherd boys, and he was a gopi, and they were harassing her, him, her. And he was going to tell, tell you know, Madhya who all these cowherd boys, of course, wouldn't want that to happen. So he lacks discrimination in another way. So you can look at Gormohan in either of those ways, and probably like to say that, oh, my father was a pure devotee, so we look at it in the higher way. And uh, Prabhupada's ability to live in the Bowery and so forth... Uh, you can say it, it, it comes from uh, being as, as spiritually advanced as he was. There were others who were more learned, it could be said, theoretically, than him, who were afraid to be touched by the shadow of people from the West, thinking that their spiritual life would be somehow contaminated. Prabhupada had no such such fear. You could see he was not, by the way he conducted himself in relation to us, for example, it's a big example, that he wasn't living in a theoretical idea of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He was really living in the idea that we are, as he used to say, and it's such simple, we are not Indians, Americans, these are the kind of simple points, and I was listening on it, not Indian, American, black or white, man or woman, we're all spirit soul, and if we understand this point, then there'll be peace there. And we go, well, that's pretty simplistic, but again, that's pretty true. <laughs> That's the end of all the, all the problems. And he, so he saw people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he saw them. And he was fearless. And he was in a situation where there was reason to be afraid. I mean, even if, even if one of us walks on the streets of, you know, places like that in New York at night, we'll be worried. I and mean, we're from America. He didn't know whether to turn left or right. You'll go through there, you know, drive through with the doors, the door is locked. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, jai siyasi bhakti vidanta sami prabhupada avirbhamamotsvatitiki jai, Sri Vyasa puja ki jai, jai siyasi bhakti vidanta sami prabhupada ki jai. Gold pramanande.